May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. Gosh, I think I might say this morning, I'm really thankful for air conditioner. That uh, 930 outside was beautiful, but uh, a little bit hot. So I'm glad we are all gathered in this morning. Now, as you drove into the property this morning, I hope you arrived to that just the, what we all expect of this sacred place on the riverbank and coming in and having just some, some time with God before we got into worship together as corporate worship. This, that's what I normally look when I get here early on Sunday mornings. I have this routine of trying to get here early enough to have a time of centering prayer. And then if I'm preaching, I'll look through the sermon notes to see if there's any last inspiration that I have may have missed during the week. And, and then it's, and I feel good and I'll, I'll head into that early morning service and, and all is right. Well, I got to tell you, this morning that did not happen. As uh, Bob, Bob and I arrived about the same time, and we would come in and start our Sunday morning routines. You know, I, got, I made some coffee and was about ready to get into my centering time of prayer and then start that, you know, last look over the sermon and all of that. And I get this text from Bob, you got to come over here and see what is going on. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, of course, I'm taken out of the routine. I come over, and when I open the door back there, there was this train-like roar coming from the microphone speakers. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? And so we, we thought we may have to turn it all off, and that poor people in the front, if they had to turn the microphones off, you may think I was yelling at you the whole time when we were preaching. But thankfully, because of Bob and Rick Daber, they, five minutes before the service, it magically just, just got well. And I hope it stays that way. But my point of telling you this story and I actually substituted what happened this morning for the other story I was about to tell, is that it put me in a type of lament. And to where, you know, I missed my routine and the things where all is right, and then all of a sudden it was kind of problem solving, and like, well, what are we going to do? And I actually had the thought in my head, God, why now? You know, and have you have you ever had something that drove you to saying something like that? God, why now? And it can be something very small that sometimes can lead us to having lament like that. And in other cases, uh, we can lament the major things, the things of life which bring us to our knees. I have to say, as I was reading the news yesterday, and I see that Sydney, Australia has completely gone back into quarantine, I got to tell you, my heart, the first thing that comes out of it is, God, when? When are we going to get through this thing? And there's several other things, injustices, and maybe a, a personal th things that you are going through in your life that may lead you to that point of, God, when? When is this going to come to an end? Well, I get us in touch with that because we have a gift 
this morning from the lectionary, and you probably saw the little change we made when the psalm normally comes. On this specific Sunday, we actually can put Lamentations 3 in the place of the response of the psalm, which Nolan read for us just a little bit ago. And I wanted to take the opportunity to preach on Lamentations 3 because it is one of the most significant scripture passages about the faithfulness to God, to his people, going through and finding themselves in horrendous times. And so I'll do a little contextual work to tell you about Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the one who penned the Lamentations 3 and the whole book of Lamentations, and he is the prophet that is known as the weeping or the wailing prophet. And when you actually hear more of the context, if you have never studied Lamentations before, you will know why that is his, how, how he has known throughout biblical history. We take ourselves to the year 586 B.C., now, when, that what happened then was when Babylon, the Babylonians came and destroyed Jerusalem. Forty years before that, as a mouthpiece of God, the prophet Jeremiah had been warning people, that is going to happen one day, that is going to happen. And how many people do you think actually believed him? Goose egg. Nobody. He's been preaching and teaching this message that God had given him that Jerusalem, the great city, will one day be destroyed. The temple will actually fall. Nobody, no converts, no anything listened to him. In fact, they'd probably have the side conversations. That guy's a little crazy. Do you, do you hear what he's saying? And when you get into the larger book of Lamentations itself, what we actually read, the snippet we have in chapter 3, is actually an island of hope within a, an entire sea of despair. Outside of what we read today, if you've never read Lamentations before, you would probably think it has a very positive, uplifting note to it. The only thing we read today seeming is the positive. You read the entire rest of it, it's all negative, or seemingly negative, and this is why. Jeremiah is in the midst. He is basically presiding over the funeral of his nation and of his city, Jerusalem. He is there seeing the, fam or seeing the famine, the sickness, as the Babylonians come in, the death that is happening in the streets, and as he records elsewhere, it was so bad that some of the parents were all they had to survive was to rely on cannibalism and they were forced to eat their own children i mean it's talk about being a horrible time in biblical history and you can see why uh, jeremiah is, is he's like a war correspondent and the words we have in lamentations he's in the middle of this and this is what he's writing about being in that context and as if that's not bad enough Thousands upon thousands of the Jewish people would be taken away to Babylon to, be, to, to serve there as servants for a long period of time. And it, so everything had fallen apart. The national identity had been ripped from them, taken from their homelands. And just all of this brought Jeremiah to the words that we have. So he's going through this great anguish in this great suffering in this point in human history, and yet 
as we read in Lamentations, he's pointing to the faithfulness of God even through these worst of times. And even in these periods of uncertainty, he's saying we're down or not out because of two certainties that God promises the people of God during times of uncertainty. The first of those, as we heard, is the steadfast love and the mercies of God come anew every morning. Jeremiah is telling us that in uncertain times, we can be certain because the mercy of God meets us in the midst of the human mess. Jeremiah is saying things are so bad right now and yet we praise be to God because of his mercy that we are not completely wiped out. Now thankfully and I pray that hopefully in our lives we don't experience things like we are reading about and hearing about in Lamentations this morning. But all being humans, we are all part of the human story. And we know too well what we have been through through the last year and what we continue to go through. All the injustice that we see and hear about in the news. And personally, you know, we can go through things which bring us to our knees. But this is why I am thankful for this story and the words of Lamentations and Jeremiah this morning that remind us when the world is at its most harsh and we are just left to endure and we find ourselves on our knees thinking we cannot make it, we have the certain promise that the mercy of God meets us in those moments when we go through them. And it doesn't stop there because of the covenant, the relationship that we have of God, all of the resources of the kingdom of God are granted to us. And across our lives of faith as we mature and we are sanctified and grow in the image of Christ, more and more we find that supernatural um, facing our problems when we are at those hardest, realizing that the resources are found in the mercy of God that is given to us in these hardest of times as well as the best of times. That is one certainty that Jeremiah reminds us of this morning. The second of those is that, and as the story continues for Jeremiah and what he is seeing, he continues to lament and he prays, could this come to an end? God, pre his lament, that is the cry of his, his heart, let this destruction and desolation that we are going through come to an end. He is praying in expectancy that sometime down the line that God is going to bring that captivity and that destruction to an end. But it doesn't happen until 70 years later. He was probably praying, hoping that God would answer in five minutes. But 70 years later, those captives that are still alive or the generations that had been born into captivity in Babylon are let go to return and to finally rebuild after 70 years. You see, a certainty for us is that when we pray and when we ask God for something and we lament, sometimes the answer will be no. Because in God's wisdom, he knows we don't need it, even though we think we do. But other times, just because it doesn't get answered in the quick way that we pray it and want it to be answered, sometimes it, God's, 
you know, leaving it for a season of waiting doesn't mean that you have been denied or that the answer is no. We see from the words of Jeremiah, the lament, the answer eventually comes. But what Jeremiah and his wisdom that had been revealed, he leaves space for God to work within the lament and request. And God does it in his time. If I, if I would confess to you, I would say I am horrible at waiting. And if I could confess to you, I bet you are the same, that we live in this culture that tells us instant gratification like that. You want that new car? You don't need to save up for it. Just go into debt and you can have it. You want to eat that meal? You, you want to have the, you know, whatever it is that our culture tells us, you don't have to wait. You can have what you want right now. You know, the motto of Burger King, your way right away. Now imagine, here we are in, in the words of Jeremiah being reminded that we should pray in expectancy, but our culture clouding our minds tells us, you don't have to wait. And yet we are told in the words of Lamentations that hope and waiting go hand in hand. And that sometimes may, God may have a season in store for us where it doesn't feel good and that it is challenging and we may find ourselves brought to our knees. But God is always working. That first certainty that his, his mercy meets us in the midst of our messiness. And the second that we can pray in expectancy. But just because it doesn't come quick, the answer may be no. But the answer we may find may be a not now. And in a season where we have to look to him. To, when, when we come to the point and end of ourselves this is what those types of seasons are for. And great growth can come from them. But it is not easy. As we have heard in the context, how God answered the prayers for the Jewish people 70 years later, finally, they got to return home and rebuild what had been lost while going through a season of relying on God. These are the two certainties that we have and I pray that they are an encouragement as you hear them this morning. As you arrived, if everything is right in the world and you have no worries right now, praise God. And I hope the days and weeks ahead continue in that light. But if you find yourself in that, if you entered and just needing to connect with God and, and your, fam your faith family today, because something is just not right. A broken relationship, no loss of employment, whether you've been by the hospital bed of someone you love and you're uncertain of what the future holds, new diagnoses, if you're in a season of grief from someone you've lost and on and on and on. If you find yourselves in a season of uncertainty and that you're losing hope, may you find encouragements in the lament of Jeremiah this morning. In those certainties that no matter hard life, how hard life gets and no matter how broken you feel, that the mercy of God meets you in the midst of it. And as you pray, it may not come as fast as you want it to come, but the answer may, may be not now. But God is with you through it. Now, Jeremiah, 
He is that guy looking to, you know, he prays and he's got that down the line answer that comes, but he prays in expectancy and he leaves room for God to work in God's timing and the answer comes. Well, later on in scripture, another answer came as Jesus would come and model for us how to live. And when, when we fall short, he died on the cross to be the penalty for our sin, that we may live lives of a new identity, walking in his mercy and walking in his grace. And from there, we have Holy Spirit power which empowers us when we find ourselves in those moments that supernaturally that we can look to the mercy of God within our own mess and that we don't find ourselves all over the place when, when those moments come for us, but that we look to the great mercy of God which meets us in the messiness of our lives. And we're taught to pray and to pray, but to leave space for God to work and in God's time, he will and continues to work in all of our lives. All honor, praise, and glory be to our Lord and Savior who makes these biblical certainties for us through his resurrection. Amen.